Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right. Welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, season two, episode number four. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, yo. Great to be here, Big Bet Brent. Pumped for week two, ready to eat some humble pie after week one. Good times. Yeah, let's just get it out of the way right now. We're doing the rubber band effect when it comes to our locks of the week. Thursday night football, the Bucks did not cover versus the Cowboys. We're going to get into more details, but they did not cover the spread. We went down in flames, but will rise from the ashes this week. Um, not quite like your Florida State Seminoles, who lost Ooh. as a minus 2100 favorite to Jacksonville State. So you're backish in the doghouse. Mad Money Mike, what's your take on Florida State? <sighs> Tough to be a null, man. Tough to be a null. Uh, obviously, they <clears throat> almost beat Notre Dame, uh, you know, on the, the premier, you know, Sunday night, uh, you know, spot, eyes of the nation, rise to the occasion. You know, uh, everybody's hopes are up, man. Florida State's going to have a great year. And they drop a massive turd against uh, Jacksonville State. I can only blame the coaching. I think you know, that's, like a, that's like your classic letdown spot as a coach. You've got to get your players to rally, you know, for the next game. You got to say, you know, you got to brush this off. You got to rise to the occasion. You got to go out there and be warriors, you know, channel your inner William Wallace, you know, just take it to the battlefield once again. Uh, obviously, they did not do that. They let their players just uh, saunter in, you know, with the dark clouds still hanging over them and they played like it. And um, there's nothing else to say. Tough to be a no. No, no, I have no high hopes for them. I have no nothing. I'm just going to. You know, leave the garnet and gold in the closet this year, man. There's no other way to say it. All right. Well, that'll be all we say about college football because we have so much NFL to talk about. And the game plan is, you know, we're calling plays in the huddle, and here's what we've got. We've got 16 games. We're going to spend – we're doing the two-minute drill all day today. So we're going to spend at most two minutes giving our thoughts for each of the 16 week one games. And then we have cherry-picked our each top three week two matchups that we like for either like competition, it's a really good matchup, or betting angle from what we see on the lines. So two minutes each, 16 plus 6, 22, 44 minutes. We'll do loyal listener email at the back end. I think it makes more sense just to take a look at what the, what the subject is. We'll do diaper dad diaries. Um, We'll eat some more crow when we talk about the fantasy pick them. I don't even want to think about it, but that is, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'm missing something, but uh, I tell you what, Mad Money Mike, you ready to start off with uh two minute drill Thursday night football Cowboys buck? Absolutely. You want me to take this one? I'm hitting go on the timer. Let's go. 
All right, so Buccaneers at home opener uh, going into uh, the final you know few minutes in the fourth quarter. They're going to take a touchdown into the end zone to go up by nine points. Uh, the spread is eight. Uh, Godwin fumbles the ball into the end zone. The Cowboys come charging back, kick a field goal. Uh, instead of the Bucks being up by nine, the Cowboys go up by one. But who gets the ball with about a minute and such left? Little guy who goes by the name of Tom Brady, charges down the field, leads the Buccaneers to a field goal. Bucks win it in a close one. This says to me a lot about the Cowboys, not necessarily anything about the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers look great. I think the Cowboys look very great uh, in context. And I'm excited to make some money off the Cowboys this year, I think. <laughs> hey, I completely agree. The Bucks, they looked a little sloppy, had a couple turnovers. I thought Tom Brady looked great at 44 years of age. He had zip on the ball that I haven't seen, you know, from Drew Brees in the longest time and from Tom Brady in the longest time either. So he's looking great. Uh, exactly uh, agree. The Cowboys, boy. Um, Dak Prescott, he did not look like he was coming off of two injuries. I mean, I, we were betting the farm on the Bucks, uh, with against the spread because we thought Dak was going to be rusty. And it actually turns out that Zeke did not play well, um, but Dak really shined. And, and so I think that'll play out in uh, when we take a look at week two um, and how much the Cowboys have risen in my mind on the, you know, on the power rankings list. Um, a couple, a couple of tidbits from that. I, I see we got 25 seconds left, but Greg Zerline missed two missed field goals, a point after attempt. That's up to seven points. They only lost by two. Um, Chris Godwin, was that offensive pass interference? I don't think so. He didn't fully extend the elbow, but that was a contentious take for the day after. And also, I really liked how the refs had a hot mic, and they were saying, "Uh, let's just say when they were making up a penalty. Closing thoughts, Mike, before we move on. Yeah, Greg the leg better be uh, brushing up the old resume, man. These two teams are going to be fun to watch. Love the rundown, dude. All right, man, I got the next game up. Eagles-Falcons, why don't you take it away? All right, Eagles 32, Falcons 6. Holy crap. This was my pick in Survivor, and also I picked 15 confidence points on the Falcons. I don't know how they continue to trick me. But I got this one completely wrong. I took the under on the Eagles season win total. I took the under on the Falcons season win total too, but I thought they were at least like, you know, like dead cat bounce, like at least they would do something. But I feel like the Falcons, and maybe I'm overreacting, but I feel like they're tank, they're gonna tank hard. Meanwhile, the Eagles, I'm already ripping up, you know, RIP party for that season under six and a half wins. What you think? That was a blowout. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, he's got game. You know, he, he had some game last year, and he, he came out uh, and showed that he's ready to back up what he did last year. He's he's highly talented. Mad Money Mike has said many, many times on this podcast, roll the tape. The Falcons are just a collection of turd burglars, and this was going to be an absolute uh, shit show this year. And sure enough, uh, predictions um, have, have started to come true right out of the gate. I agree with you. looks like the Falcons are going to tank. You know, I'd be surprised if they crank out three wins. Still an opportunity to take season win total under on the Falcons out there. Do you know that in week two, the Falcons are 11-point underdogs to the Bucks? I do know that. I do know that. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to talk a little bit more about that one in our week two rundowns. I mean, I don't think we picked that as one of our games, but I'm sure it can get a quick mention. Um I see the Bucks yeah, winning the- by more than eleven. I mean, obviously, when you you take the Bucks as your lock of the week and then you get burned because they don't cover, 
But again, they had three turnovers. They actually had four turnovers, but one of them was just a Hail Mary into the end zone, not to go back to the Bucks. But I like the Bucks to cover 11 against the Falcons. Excellent. All right. That is going to cover that game right at two minutes. Man, we're good. Okay. Nice. Mad Money Mike, what do you, I got Steelers, Bills up next. Yeah. Steelers, um, boy, to, to lay a goose egg in the first half and to come out and to drop 23 in the second half. Um, that says a lot about this team. Um, you know, we know how well they played last year. We know how poorly they finished last year. The question was, was is that going to be a chip on the shoulder? How's the coaching staff going to rally the team around what happened last year? It looks like longtime coach, well-respected coach, player coach Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, really dug in and has galvanized the team. Um, when you see a team come back in the second half like that after battling, you know, uh, in a defensive battle uh, through the first half. Um, I think it says a lot about where the Steelers are. They look good. I don't think this actually says anything too bad about the Bills. When I had a chance to, to watch pretty much all of this game, I think the Bills look fine. I think, you know, they had a lot of zip. I think that the Steelers' defense was just, was just locked in and ready to roll. I think the Bills use this. And, you know, as, as, as locker room fodder, chip on shoulder, all that type stuff to bounce back. I'm looking for the Bills to bounce back in a big way. I'm looking forward to talking about that in, uh, in our week two recap or week two rundown. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this says more about the Steelers, and, I, and I'm chalking this one up to rust for the Bills. I, I agree they're going to shake this off. Um, you know, the Steelers' offense actually wasn't that productive, but, boy, their defense really shined. Um, and I think that goes to to the culture that they have. And I'm now, you know, very pleased that I took their season win total over. And that'll be interesting to see. I think in, in week two, they're getting five and a half or giving five and a half versus the Raiders. So um, that's a lot of points. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. All right, let's move to 49ers hanging on in the – a close one, if you want to call it that. They win 41-33 to 33 over the Lions. Mad Money Mike, what you got? Man, I wish I had the specific uh, numbers in front of me, but this was our first official uh, bad beat, like really awesome, juicy bad beat of the week. The Lions were down by quite a bit. Um, I think Triple digits, 16, yeah. I, I think that the – triple digits? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that the 16 points they scored in the fourth quarter came like all in like the last just few minutes. Like I, I think that they um, they busted uh, 49ers covering the spread like all within a span of like just minutes, like like very few minutes. Um, so that's pretty interesting. I've, I've, I had a lot of good things to say about Jared Goff, and, and I thought that you know what he was going to bring to the Lions you know, it was going to be something noteworthy and it'll be very interesting to see if they kind of carry that momentum from the fourth quarter into their next game. I'm really excited to talk about uh, Lions uh, Green Bay in the week two recap, uh, but 49ers look great. Um, they probably laid down a little bit. They probably knew they looked great. They thought that the Lions were just going to, to roll over and the defense probably decided to take a few plays off there at the end. I don't necessarily think it says anything bad about the 49ers. I think their offense looks great. They hung 24 points in the second quarter alone. Uh, you know, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was firing on all cylinders. Everything's looking tight and buttoned up. And, uh, you know, 49ers are going to make a deep run this year. And I look forward to the Lions, uh, you know, possibly making us some money. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Lions with the new head coach, Dan Campbell, I don't think they're going to lie down and, you know, try and tank. So, 
I, I agree. I look for them to, to cover as some underdogs later in the year. 49ers look good. I think they gave up a special team uh, onside kick. Um, I think that completely goes to what you're saying for, you know, they were just, uh, you know, they were up by so many points. Going back to they covered or didn't cover, if you got to that line early enough, it was plus it was plus minus seven. So you could have had 49ers and still covered. But if you waited and waited and waited, that line went all the way up to 10. Maybe you didn't get the cover. So just uh, a lesson there. Hey, try and get your try and get your bets in early before any line moves. So Absolutely. with that, let's move to the Broncos 27 stomping on in. Uh, man, I forget what stadium the Giants playing. But anyway, the New York football Giants only scored 13 points. I will start this one off by saying, dear New York Giants, you are officially on notice. Dear Joe Judge, you are officially on notice. I am. I put my trust in you. I put my money in you. I put my hard-earned dollars in you. And you go over and lie down like that to the Broncos led by Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, at home in a season opener, scored 13 points? I mean, my brain was soup watching this whole thing on Red Zone, but I sure didn't get too many clips of the Broncos Giants. Wasn't too much excitement going on there. All I know is Thursday Night Football coming up, Giants at Washington football team. I'm giving Joe Judge and these Giants one last chance to gain my trust, to gain, to help me make some money. Otherwise, that's it. They're on my blacklist. I'm getting out the black book, and I will be trashing them every week from here on out. So, dear Joe Judge, I'm sure you listen to this podcast. Everybody does. Please take heed, and take, take heed, adhere to this warning. Feel free to come on the pod and explain yourself. But otherwise, let it be known this is your final notice. Mad Money Mike, I'm sure you agree because you're on the same page as me. We both drop money on Giants. Turtle alert. Turtle alert. <laughs> Turtle alert. Dude, the Giants are a turd, man. Unbelievable. Daniel Jones, you may want to invest in some luggage. Uh, <laughs> like, he just he does not have what it takes, man. There's no other way to say it. Uh, it it's, you know, it, it's just like your classic, like, you know, quarterback that everyone has high hopes for. And then, like, eventually they you just kind of discover they're a turd and they live the rest of their career as a backup. That's Daniel Jones. You know, there's nothing else to say. Moving on. Turtle alert. That's it. There's nothing else to say. <laughs> you know, I didn't get a, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of this. You know, the Broncos look pretty, uh, you know, pretty steady, pretty, you know, buttoned up. Teddy Bridgewater's always been a guy that, um, you know, could operate in offense. He's had he's had injuries and stuff to, to kind of like mar his career or whatever. But I think that he's always run a pretty efficient offense in terms of limiting turnovers and that kind of thing. Um, it, it looks like he is going to be sufficient uh, along with Broncos defense to uh, keep them in the, in the middle of the pack wild card discussion. And, uh, and the Giants will be bottom feeders, um, you know, down where the turds lie. So that's it. <laughs> All right, let's move to an overtime thriller. Vikings 24 at the Bengals 27. Mad Money Mike, take it away. Yeah, this was our first uh, first overtime of the whole year, uh, week one. You know, I know that uh, I've had a lot of good things to say about the Bengals and, uh, and Joe Burrow. So this was kind of, uh, you know, this was kind of a, you know, uh, whatever for me. to like an, a bit of an I told you so. I was big on the Bengals. Um, you know, Vikings, Vikings only had 14 points going into the fourth quarter. They were able to kind of rally and uh, and put up 10 points in the fourth quarter, to, you know, to keep it tied. I mean, there's a lot of big expectation for the Vikings. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins coming off a pretty solid year, and, and people were looking for him to keep that going. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is, 
you know, is a household name at this point. So, you know, people are expecting a lot and it's hard to, to know if, if heavy expectations, you know, kind of weigh on you and, and, you, and you start pressing and because of that you underperform. Um, or if this is, you know, really the, something special in the Bengals, it's hard to say. I look forward to uh, seeing more uh, from these teams. But I think Joe Burrow at this point has a, has a nice, healthy uh, career in front of him and, and should put up, uh, you know, good wild card discussion type, uh, you know, performance for his team this year yeah and I was really pleased especially as the fantasy owner of Jamar Chase to see him not have I don't think he had any drops maybe he had a, a couple of drops but he, he 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 chalked up like five receptions for 100 plus yards and a touchdown so real good to see that he was able to shake off those drops and uh, apparently spend some time with the jugs machine so I'm not high on the Vikings but I do think that this was a, a great win for the Bengals and I, I love Joe Burrow and, and I do think that they're they're trending in the right direction all right let's talk Dolphins squeezing out a win, 17, at New England, beating up the Patriots, came in with 16. This was the uh, Alabama, Alabama alum game. And, uh, boy, talk about calling this one. Mad Money Mike, you, like, give yourself some credit. I think we – I called the score, and you called this was going to be a, a field goal game, and you think the Dolphins were going to take it. So, um, hey, tip, tip of the cap, as uh, to, to put it in your words, but um, – what did you think about this game? Yeah, what was fascinating, obviously, is that uh, you know Mac Jones, uh, you know, he came back. He tried. He was. He was. This was going to be a game winner. This was going to be rookie quarterback wins his first game. You know, this was going to be ticker tape uh, parade type stuff, man. It was. It was going to be legendary. And then um, you know, Damian Harris, uh, you know, gets that costly fumble at the very end of the game. And that's so funny because I was saying someone's going to kick a field goal at the end of the game to win it. Um, and uh, and that would have happened. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I mean, you know, the Dolphins do – both of these teams have good defenses, so it's hard to say just how good the defenses are. You know, I read some uh, – I read some stuff about, you know, Tua. Well, one of the defensive backs on the Patriots was, like, basically – of course he was saying, like, Tua's garbage, but he, like, had some interesting comments about how, like, Tua was, like, a first-read quarterback, and uh, and if he doesn't have his first read, you know, he's just going to, like – chuck up some, you know, he's basically going to be, become a turnover machine at that point if he can't, you know, do something with his legs. And, and quarterbacks that operate that way either do have a lot of turnovers or end up getting injured, um, you know, trying to make something happen frequently with their legs. So it'll be interesting to see if that was just, um, you know, that was just bitterness after a loss or if that's like a little bit of inside information and Tua is the limiting factor on the Dolphins as the year goes on. Um so that part's interesting. Mac Jones, you know, decent, uh, decent first showing. That part's kind of interesting. You know, I think we're probably once again looking at two, uh, you know, middle of the road teams here that that might fight for a wild card spot. I don't see anything special out of either one of these teams. Mad Money Mike, a couple of pods ago, you mentioned something about like Pats, like unders or Pats team totals or what was that? Do you remember? Did I? Do you remember? Are you goading me right now? I don't know. I swear I don't remember. <laughs> okay, you made some comment before the season in a, in a prior pod about like, hey guys, check out the unders or the Pats team total unders, and I think that's what you said. And it's so like, what an excellent start to that, and I think that trend will continue. So kudos. Uh, I, I think that was a, a good call back then. So um, well, moving well, I on. Say- I was just going to say quickly, I think that I definitely did say pound the under when it was Cam Newton. I don't think we revisited that after Cam Newton got booted and Mac Jones took over. We never revisited that. Um, So maybe we'll do that if we have time, like in the next podcast or something like that. 
Okay. I think there's still validity to that based on, you know, Mac Jones, first year quarterback. But nevertheless, moving on to an absolute beatdown Packers three at the New Orleans Saints, although this was in Jacksonville. Saints had 30, Saints dropped a 38 bomb on the Green Bay Packers. And I'll tell you, I did not see it coming. I was so happy that it did happen, especially coming off of Hurricane Ida. Just like so proud of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston just lit it up. He had five touchdowns, but I don't even think he had 200 yards passing. Um, didn't even have Green one Bay fit. Packers. Yeah, he didn't have one fit. That, that was crazy to me. Um, but nevertheless, dropping 38 and holding the Packers to three. I'll be real interested to see. Um, I noticed the Packers are like 11 point favorites. I think it's Monday Night Football versus the Lions. I know we're going to talk about that next mm-hmm. week. Like, will they bounce back or is this the beginning of the end? Um, either way, just. Couldn't be happier for the Saints. Really excited for this season. I, I remember I said I was not going to bet it, but I ended up betting it. And, of course, I took the Packers. So I'm definitely happy, silver lining, happy to lose that money. Mad Money Mike, what do you think? Turtle alert. Turtle alert. Turtle no, alert. Uh, Packers? Oh, yeah. Big time, dude. Big time. This is, this is This is either one of two things still to be determined. Either one, Aaron Rodgers – is secretly pulling a sneaky and he's tanking because as like a, as the ultimate F you to the Packers for how they treated him. Um, or two, he just like, while he was holding out, like didn't prepare or didn't practice or didn't do anything. And it just like, you know, like life is life is basically, you know, moved on quickly, you know, when you don't prepare kind of a situation. Um, but there's no, there, there's no, like, uh, there's no Cinderella comeback from this. They, they are going to struggle mightily. They're going to struggle mightily. This was bad. Did you see, I don't know. I'm sure you saw some of the throws he made. Um, I mean, the saints, I, you know, I hate to break it to you, but the saints are, are not anything too overly special. I mean, if, if the saints were able to do this to the Packers, many other teams are going to be able to do this to the Packers. You're talking about, there are some elite defenses that are just like chomping at the bit to get a piece of the future Hall of Famer. Like, you know, this is what guys do in the NFL. You know, to do this to Aaron Rodgers is special. And, and this just like added so much excitement to so many other defenses. They're ready to also do this. The, ta- the Packers have put a target, you know, on their back. And to try and overcome that is going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to get blown out by 35 every game, but they're certainly not going to be blowing people out by 35 every game. Um, yeah, this is uh, all right. This is, this is yeah, yeah. I think I think that's great. Uh, we'll definitely pick that up and continue that. That's one of our pick sixes um, for week two look aheads. The Packers are huge favorites versus the Lions, so we'll continue that conversation there. Go, moving on to a game that was just as surprising to me: Cardinals 38 at the Tennessee Titans 13. Mad Money Mike, I'm gonna let you see this. You know, take this one off. Uh, I was shocked, man. I, I I thought the Titans were a good team. I took their team total over, and uh, they could not run the ball. Their offensive line sucks. Yeah, that's this is bad news, man. This is bad news. This is definitely something to watch. Um, you know, as a uh, as a bounce back situation. You know, I feel like especially you know Derrick Henry. You know, the offensive line is going to want to take pride in. In, in making sure that it's not a repeat performance that they can open up holes for him. They're well coached with Mike Vrabel. So I definitely think the Titans are, are in a good spot to see a turnaround. Uh, but, you know, uh, Cardinals, and I've talked about, you know, Kyle, Kyler Murray being a generational talent, being an X factor, you know, four touchdowns, able to, you know, when you have a guy like 
with Murray, he opens up so many other things because defenses are so worried about what he as one man is going to do. And, uh, and that opens up so many other, uh, you know, uh, bits of your offense. So uh, Cardinals look great. I think that they are going to make a deep run. I think they're going to make a deep playoff run. Titans, I look for them to bounce back, but uh, but they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I know it's not one of our pick sixes, but in the remaining time here, just dropping a little gem, you know, a little diamond in the rough. I think the Titans are getting five and a half at Seattle. And if you remember last week, the the Seahawks are just – they always have close games, although not not this one, but – I uh, I think taking the Titans and the points would be a smart play there. And going back to the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he reminds me of Russell Wilson. He uh, he extends plays. He uh, doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he he protects the football. And maybe I underestimated uh, the head coach. His name has a bunch of K's in it, but his name slipped my mind. So um, with that, why don't we move to the Seahawks? Of course, like we called it, 28, beating up on the Indianapolis Colts, who only scored 16. Mad Money Mike, what you got? Yeah, uh, this was one of my wins. I, I I just had Seahawks on the money line. Turns out they would have covered the spread as well. Um, you know, talked a little bit of trash about Carson Wentz. You know, he didn't have a terrible game, uh, 251 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but, you know, that they, they limited uh, – Seattle was able to limit, uh, you know, the rushing attack, and, and that kind of closed things down, I think, for the Colts. And I think Seahawks just were a, were a better coach team, a better performing team. Old man Tyler Lockett comes out, makes all kinds of uh, awesome – you know, he has two touchdown catches, you know, four receptions for 100 gorgeous yards. Gorgeous catches. Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gorgeous catches, you know, just turning himself into a, a real Larry Fitzgerald, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, ageless wonder uh, type guy. Love watching <laughs> him play. And, uh, and, yeah, go Hawks. There you go. All right. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers, right? Yeah, it's not San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers squeaking by, scoring 20, beating up on Washington football team who only scored 16. Now, Fitzmagic went down in this one, and Heineke finished the job. That may have been the determining factor, but I think we're both on the Chargers here. And uh, Justin Herbert, he looked pretty good, man. I think he ended up with like 337 passing yards. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, certainly. I think Fitzmagic going down, you know, so early is probably just kind of jarring, you know, to the team, to the offense. And, uh, you know, not that Heineke wasn't, uh, you know, I don't know, just just like one of those moments that kind of just throws it off when you're going to be in a tight game. This was a tight game. And I think when you're in a tight game, you know, something like that is going to be the deciding factor. I agree. I mean, Herbert, uh, you know, continues to throw the rock uh, pretty well. You know, that was something that continued over from last year. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I, I don't see anything too special, you know, out of either one of these teams. I I don't necessarily like the Chargers, um, you know, to go on and, and, you know, make any kind of deep runs. You know, I don't I don't think, you know, Washington didn't have a good defense. It's going to be hard to say. It, is, it's, it was a close game. We, we thought it would be a close game. Tough to see Fitzmagic go down. Um, both of these teams, I think, are going to be uh, – to be determined, we're going to have to watch more and see how they develop. Yeah, I got you. Kind of middle of the pack, you know, potential playoff uh, wildcard teams, huh? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, nothing nothing too at fancy. Best. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yep. At best. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. These next two teams are wishing that they could potentially be a wildcard team. The Jets and your boy, Zach Wilson, scoring 14, not getting it done versus the Carolina Panthers, getting it done with Sam Darnold. It's like a battle of the you know New York Jets quarterbacks. Panthers scoring 19, getting it done. Um, 
Mad Money Mike, Zach Wilson, I don't have the number in front of me. How's your over-under season win total passing yards looking? How many, how many do you have today or yesterday? Well, he, he, I'll, I'll, let me start with the first half. He had like like somewhere like right around like 80 passing yards in the entire first half. And, of course, like I've got my feet up on the couch. I'm like lighting a cigar in the house. I'm feeling great. Um, but then, of course – uh, he ends. He finishes the game with 258 yards. With uh, let me get out my calculator. Do, 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 do. 258 times 17 puts him over 3,800 yards. So, um, you know, not a good finish. <laughs> yeah, not a good finish. But to be honest with you, man, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I think, uh, you know, I think that the Carolina Panthers are, are not exactly, uh, you know, the, the defense that was gonna that was gonna set them straight. There's gonna be a lot of tough defenses in the AFC that he's gonna go up against, and. Um, you know, I don't even take him to finish the season. So, uh, you know, th- there's not much else I can say about it. You know, just two hapless teams. Um, you know, the Jets are gonna they're gonna struggle all year. Panthers, Sam Darnold, they're gonna struggle all year. Neither one of these teams will make the wild card. You know, a couple of turd alerts here, uh, and I'm definitely <laughs> bitter that Zach Wilson finished with 258 yards. <laughs> all right, quick question for you: In my fantasy for Week One, I actually chose Zach Wilson as my starting quarterback over Ben Roethlisberger, who was playing at the Bills. Do you like that decision? Uh, I mean, if those were the two quarterbacks that you were limited to at that time, just thinking about Bills, Steelers going on the road, Bills having a good defense, that would have been real tough, man. I mean, I would not have uh, – I would have not – it would have been a tough decision, but I, there's no possible way I could ever start Zach Wilson over Ben Roethlisberger. But I, I think in the end it ended up being the right decision for you, I'm sure, right? Yeah, by a couple points. But I, I asked that question, but I, I know that, like, you, like, Brent, I can't answer that question because I would never put myself in that spot. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, talking about a couple of teams that no one wants to be in that spot, the Jacksonville Jaguars scored 21 and Urban Meyer is furiously, I'm sure, tweeting, trying to get back to college, and can't even beat the Houston Texans, who score 37, led by Tyrod Taylor. Mad Money Mike, the Texans' win total is four and a half, and they're already a quarter of the way there. The Jags, there's no way they're getting six and a half wins. What's your takeaways? I mean, is this just like turtle alert, turtle alert, and we move on to the next one, or do you want to talk about this? I mean, you know, it's – it's crazy. Obviously, you know, uh, we, we like to see Houston, you know, get making sure that uh, that, you know, whatever that D-bag's name is, is never, you know, is, is nowhere near the field, you know, starting Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod's always been a guy that has run an efficient offense. One of his things, like one of his knocks has always been like he doesn't take enough risk, which is always interesting to hear. A very low turnover quarterback, um, you know, for them to hang 37 points on anybody is, you know, pretty impressive with all of the uh, – off the field things that, you know, the organization has had to deal with, um, you know, Mark, Mark Ingram, you know, putting up 85 rushing yards, you know, he's getting up there in years too. That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, over on Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence, dude, when you watch this guy, chuck the ball, man, like that thing is beautiful. It's like just zips out of his arm man. he like, he throws it. But, uh, the problem was that they threw it uh, three different times to the other team. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's hard to say, to be honest with you, man. It's I think the jury's out. I think that it's possible, it's possible that uh, that you know Jacksonville squeaks out more wins than you think, but uh, but it'll definitely be under six and a half. But uh, it's gonna be fascinating to watch Houston. It really is. Um, you know, sometimes teams can kind of 
you know, uh, you know, coalesce around uh, around some, you know, bad news type things. And, and maybe they end up, you know, putting up uh, some decent numbers with uh, with a couple of uh, buttoned up veterans, Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram. You know, they got Brandon Cooks catching the ball. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we just talked about the Saints route and the Packers coming off of Hurricane Ida. When I think of Tyrod Taylor, you know, it's crazy to think his career got sidetracked by a doctor who punctured his lung. He's a, yeah. he's a very serviceable quarterback. I, when I think of him, I liken him to Teddy Bridgewater, and I'd probably give Tyrod the slight nod. Moving over to the Jacksonville Jaguars side, the only thing I want to say there is who's, who, who's laughing last here? Is it Tim Tebow or is it Urban Meyer? I don't know, man. Tim Tebow, I think he got a gig uh, back broadcasting, so um, he's not getting beat up on Sundays. You know what I mean? He's sitting back getting his hair gelled and, and talking smack about the Jags. So, anyway, let's talk uh, – let's move on to an actually a good game. The Browns can't quite get it done thanks to uh, their kicker, who I'm sure you have some comments on his hair. The Browns score 29 at the Chiefs, who uh, come away with it but don't cover. Chiefs score 33. Mad Money Mike, what you got on this one? Yeah, this was uh, well. We took Browns first half. You know, I took Browns first half, so this was a win for me. And uh, you know, in the old best stamp app. Uh, yep. So um, I was happy there, and then um, you know, I got a little ahead of myself in the Oregon Lottery scoreboard, and uh, and, and thought that the Browns were going to continue. And of course, uh, you know, they, they 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 put a nice shiny polished turd out there in the second half, and uh, and the Chiefs <laughs> defended their home territory. Uh, you know, very well. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that the Chiefs are just nasty good once again, and and what I like watching them is that there's no, you know, there's no, there's no kind of prima donna, you know. Sometimes with, with teams like the Chiefs, where they've got like so much talent and they've done so well, you know, you can kind of start to see a little bit of uh, individualism, you know, guys, you know, wanting this, wanting that, and and uh, and not in it for the team, and, and, and loss of a little bit of energy and that kind of stuff is. As you know, when you've been good for a while, but you but you don't have the big win yet, you know where does that kind of go? Like like kind of similar to what we saw over the, with the Steelers over a number of years, uh, but the Chiefs have really kept the fire, man. Like when you watch them, they're like so passionate, and um, and watching like Kelsey get the crowd fired up, it was just like I kind of had goosebumps at one point in time. Like they're fun to watch. They are nasty good. Um, I think that the Browns are also really good. But I do have concerns that this might be a theme throughout the year where they're putting up a great performance and then unable to finish is a concern I have. Uh, I'm not saying that it's definitely going to be what happens, but that's a concern I have with the Browns. So it'll be interesting to watch their season develop. Uh, Chiefs, once again, very deep run, you know, battling for an AFC championship. The Browns. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that they'll probably going to need a wild card spot. Wow. Interesting. I don't think we talk about them in week two, but just a quick note, OBJ was listed as inactive for week two. Um, speaking about the Chiefs, man, they're so electric. Tyreek Hill, 70-yard touchdown. Just, you you know, you look – you it's red zone, so you're not going to miss it. But, I mean, if you look away, you could miss some, some some quick points. The Chiefs can really put it up, so – Definitely exciting. I was thinking about it, man. It's really hard to do, but I bet if we bet, you know, the Chiefs not to cover, so betting against the Chiefs is going to be real hard to do, I bet it's the winning strategy over the course of the season. So let's keep that one in mind. Moving on to Sunday night football, the Bears, led by Justin F- – oh, sorry, led by Andy Dalton putting up 14, <laughs> can't get it done versus the Rams who put up 34. And so 
I didn't get a chance to watch this whole game. I thought from the stat sheet that Matt Stafford looked pretty good in his Rams debut, but Mad Money Mike, I, I feel like you uh, watched the game and actually have a different take. Uh, well, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I'm I'm, unpre- I'm unprepared for for the different take that you expect me to have. I, I thought uh, basically, I thought you know that the Bears are just like a, a you know just a, a big giant dark blue and orange sack of turds out there on the field. Like I think that they're complete garbage. Andy Dalton's garbage. Just like comment like, oh, Justin Fields gonna have a great career, but this is my time. No, it's not your time. Your time's literally about to be over. Uh, like if they start him again, they'll lose again. So that's all you need to know. Keep an eye. If the Bears start Dalton, they'll lose. They won't cover the spread. Um, now, obviously, buyer beware because at some point in time, they're going to start Dalton. They're going to be getting pounded, and they're going to put fields in in the middle of the game, and, and who knows what will happen after that. But that will happen at some point in time. Uh, but just looking at the numbers, Matt Stafford, 321, three touchdowns. Um, you know, those are, those are pretty solid numbers. Um, didn't get a chance to watch a lot of this game, but, uh, but it looks solid on the right side of the ball. What take did you think that I'd have? I must have mixed up, you know, in one of our three pre-read practice episode takes of, of this pod. I thought that you said that, like, Matt Stafford, he's not he's not real accurate with his passes, and this team is not going to go deep in the playoffs. I did say that. I did say that. I just don't have that take after the game. <laughs> I okay. Take, I had that take before the game. Yeah, no, I think um, – I don't know. It's, it's, it's to be determined. It's, it's hard to say. You know, Matt Stafford, week one. Is, he's uh-huh. always, yeah, he's already he's always been able to throw the rock. Uh, now he's got obviously some better coaching. He's got better defense on the other side of the ball. But again, you're playing the Bears. I want to see what happens to Matt Stafford under pressure when they go up against some real teams. Um, that's well, what the I'm Bears have a good defense, league. man. I mean, they're they're known yeah. for pretty solid defense. Top half of the league. Yeah. But when you're on the road and you're over on the sidelines and you're watching your ginger quarterback lay turds. Believe me, you're not real excited to like go out there and play football. So I don't think that the Bears, regardless of how good their defense can be, I don't think they were at their best. Um, just knowing, it's just in your head. You're like, God, I have to like trudge out on the field again, knowing we're going to lose because you know our team sucks and we're starting Andy Dalton. You know, like if you don't have the excitement in you of winning, you're not going to be playing at uh, at peak performance. So uh, that's where I'm at on that situation. That's a good point. That's a good point. Verdict is still out. All right, let's finish out with an exciting end to week one, Monday Night Football. The Ravens, 27, can't quite get it done versus the Las Vegas Raiders, putting up 33, winning it in an overtime thriller. Mad Money Mike, take it away. Yeah, this was um... – this was quite a game. I was uh, I was actually uh, solo uh, solo dad, um, you know, through uh, through through Monday, and um, and as such, you know, being on West Coast time zone, didn't get to really watch this game. I finally put the babe down for bed, and I came out, and it was going to overtime, so I was pumped um, because I had been like watching the baby all day, and I finally got to watch overtime. I made one of the biggest betting mistakes that I've made in a long time. And uh, I'm essentially, uh, I could be done betting my, my real money, my personal account for the rest of the year as a result of this overtime game. Absolutely wild finish. Uh, Raiders are going to win it. Uh, they, he, uh, he, uh, Derek Carr zips a ball. Um, so they win the coin toss and they're charging down the field. And they're, all they have to do is get a touchdown 
crazy pass. Um, guy goes into the end zone. They call a touchdown. All the players run out on the field. Game's over. You know, I'm okay. So let me back up for a minute. I know we're probably going to go over two minutes on this one, but I'm all excited to bet, um, you know, because I put the babe down, get the watch overtime. After the coin flip, Raiders win the coin flip. At that point, they were like minus 120, Ravens minus 110. After the coin flip, I go ahead and just decide to like pound the Raiders. They won the coin flip. I, you know, I think that their offense is going to handle it based on what I had seen, you know, in the fourth quarter. Sure enough, they charge down, they throw this pass, guy goes in the end zone, touchdown, boom, I win the bet. Well, um, all the players come out on the field, they're all congratulating each other. They review the play, the guy's knee was down, it's at the one-yard line. Then they get a false start, so now they're back at the sixth. Then Derek Carr zips a pass to a wide-open Willie Sneed, former Saint, bounces off his hands, goes up in the air, Ravens intercept it. And it's, it's, you know, so now at this point, a field goal wins it. So I make the big mistake, the biggest mistake of since a field goal now wins it, you know, Ravens also have himself an offense, a little guy named, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to get it done with his legs if he has to, whatever, to win, especially since all he needs is a field goal. Oregon Lottery scoreboard is offering a bet back on my Raiders bet that now looks like a tank job. So I go ahead and bet back just to like save whatever money I can, and I now how much? How much was that? The, you get like eighty percent back, fifty percent back. How much? Well, no, because at this point it's like basically the bet's over. I think it was like, I don't know, it was bad. It was like twenty percent or something like that. Um, so I just go ahead, but but it's a lost bet. There's no way the Raiders are going to win because you know Ravens <laughs> intercepted yeah. in the end zone. They get a twenty yard line. Like I do is go down and kick a field goal. And, and plus, like, it's, like, late on Monday. I put the baby to sleep. I'm on tilt at this point because I'm, like, haven't got to bed. I haven't got to watch any games. I'm all amped up. I'm on tilt. I don't care. I'm not making any rational decisions. I bet back, pound the Ravens now because I'm now I'm totally convinced they're going to go down and kick a field goal. Ravens, like, Lamar Jackson just stands in the pocket like a moop and just, like, gets, like, uh, strip sacked. And Ravens just, like, pick up the thing. Um, and obviously, and then they win. And so I did the bet back, pound the other team, but then, then, then still lose the bet. Um, it was absolutely brutal, but what a crazy finish. Um, all that aside, um, that is just so, it's so painful for me, but I wanted to share that with all of our loyal listeners as the story of, uh, try not to go on tilt, try not to be on tilt, try to take a couple deep breaths and just like, if you're going to lose a bet, just lose a bet. But to like, you know, do a, do a, a double down situation. You had this happen. We went over this in the NBA. You had this with the, the Lakers warriors. It was the exact same type of situation. Anyways, mm. back to the game. Um, very fascinating to see uh, the Raiders offense, you know, fire on all cylinders at different times. You know, they, like, struggled, and then they fired on all cylinders. So, like, very interesting kind of ups and downs. Um, and when they were firing on all cylinders, they looked great. And when they couldn't, they looked like crap. You know, the Ravens have had, you know, so many injuries and so many things happen. So, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say anything from this game just because of all the Ravens injuries and just because the Raiders were so up and down, uh, just because how easily they could have lost this game and how we would be telling a different story. Um so we're just gonna have to watch more on these teams. Um, I, I know I think that you, once again you're looking at maybe some you know Ravens missing the playoffs and Raiders being a wild card team. That's kind of where I'm at on them now. But excited to watch more. 
yeah, I feel like the learning from this game may be bigger than football itself and go back to, to the story you told and maybe about things like you mentioned, you know, tilt, control, and bankroll management. So um, I, I, I laugh because you, you, you're a good storyteller and the story is funny. But, of course, you know, I hate to hear um, losing bets and losing money, man. So, hey, we got the whole season ahead of us. Let's, let's, let's shake these mistakes off. It's week one. Everybody's making mistakes. And uh, let's double down on it. <laughs> Not necessarily double down in like bet amounts. Let's just double down on making good picks and sticking to the straight and narrow. And I'm confident that uh, things will turn around for us. Hey, a couple of things that I did want to talk to before we do the week two look ahead lines. Um, you kind of alluded to it. Okay, so that was your Oregon Lottery Swindlers app. However, we have a challenge going on Bet Stamp. After week one, I am down $14. Of course, I did a double unit bet on the Bucks, and they did not cover. I also tied him into a three-team parlay, which would have hit. So a little bit upset, upset about that. But otherwise, you know, I'm pretty happy with my picks. Mad Money Mike, how are you doing on the bet stamp app? Oh, I thought maybe you had checked. I thought maybe you had checked. I thought maybe you would uh, thought you would do that for me. I thought maybe we'd get the – but, of course, Mad Money Mike – as advertised, is already up two hundred and fifty dollars. This guy's a legend. I might. Why didn't you do for... that Ravens bet and all that BS on the Monday night game? Why didn't you do that on the bet stamp app? This would be well, over cause... week one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the reason why you just you just said it. Uh, you would rather yeah, lose God, real he... money than lose this contest. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The con contest is your is your reputation. Contest is your namesake. Real money, you know, comes and goes. There'll be more of it at some point in time. But uh, yeah, not messing with bet stamp. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna be like featured in like some kind of like bet stamp. I feel like when like strangers are like scrolling names, they're gonna like put me at the top. Like my return on investments off the chart. I could be like the best better in America on bet stamp. Who knows? I'm a legend already. So uh, tough nuggies, tough nuggies. But. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll get you some kind of participation trophy or something. <laughs> Listen, man, if you're done betting on OLS, then, of course, all of your tilted bankroll management issues are going to bleed into the Bet Stamp app. So I would say just uh, just hold your horses, buddy. We're one-seventeenth <laughs> of the way through the season. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention, and, God, I hate to mention this, in the Pick'em, the Yahoo Pick'em, for those that joined – it's excellent to play Virtue. Sadly, on top of the leaderboard, I have to I have to give some credit right now. It's all luck. I, I don't know what type of credit it is besides all luck. <laughs> she changed Cheeto. Cheeto has a hundred points. She's winning by like fifteen. It's ridiculous. Me, you, and all the rest of the loyal listeners should be ashamed of ourselves. I don't know how this happens. I, I, I well, I will tell you how this happens. She's doing okay. All right, she's doing fine. And then she's like, uh, Ravens Raiders. <laughs> I'm currently on the Ravens for like 10 points, which is like, okay, like you should be pretty confident in the Ravens. And she's like, I think I'm going to switch it. And I was like, do whatever you want. I have the Ravens for a lot, and I'm pretty confident in it. She's like, eh, man, whatever. And she ends up switching it, and then all that BS you just mentioned goes down, and the Raiders win it. I have not heard the end of it. Mad Money Mike, I've been stuffing cotton in my ears like, get out. Like, I need to get out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, um, you know, after she listens to this segment, man, let's uh, you may want to may want to fluff a pillow and get a blanket on the couch because, uh, you know, you're oh, uh, done, you're... done and done, dude. I'm already out there. <laughs> I can't sleep next to that. I can't sleep. She keeps talking about it. 
Yeah, I mean, she's um, you know, she uh, she, she has a way. She has a way. You know, the anti bets is uh, it, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. She's she's an X factor. You know, she's a generational talent. She's she's a top the pick'em leaderboard, and, and there's nothing else you can say about that. Uh, you know, we well, have, I can. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I say about that. I'm going to edit all this out because if she hears this, oh my <laughs> god, she'll never. I'll never hear the end of it. What I tell her is just like I told you. It's a long season. You run, you get lucky sometimes, you get unlucky sometimes. The cream is going to rise to the crop at the end. And let me use this opportunity to also say, dear loyal listeners, we cannot let her win. So please pick your game up. Mad Money Mike, you too, myself included. We got to do a better job. I'm somewhere in the middle of the pack. I'm not too happy with the Falcons. I had them as my 15-point pick. Otherwise, I'd have been sitting pretty. Yeah, winner, chicken, dinner, and turbulence. Uh, don't get disheartened, uh, you know, with this first week because part of um, an annual pick'em is that uh, Yahoo annual pick'em is that you do drop your lowest score, uh, so uh, you can always rebound quickly. Uh, something to keep in mind, and the rest of us got work to do. Yeah, there was one uh, one loyal listener forgot to make his picks. So, to that loyal listener, just uh, li- you know, adhere to Mad Money Mike's advice. You're not out of it. So. Don't give up. Hey, I do want to mention last week we were both kind of like, hey, how are we going to watch these games? And I want to give us both a couple pats on the back because we, ahead of time, found the best value deal. We watched NFL via NFL Red Zone from Sling TV. It was like $40 a month split between the both of us. We're pretty much watching it for pennies. And holy crap, I'll start. The NFL red zone experience, I was not prepared for this. I mean, I was super hyped up for football. I had, I had like, cleaned my schedule. I don't know what, what sort of mistakes you made, Mad Money Mike. You're on uh, Valley duty all day, but I was not on any duty except football duty. I had two screens up. I had the, the Bill Steelers up on one screen, which then became the, uh, the Saints game. And then I had NFL red zone on the other TV. And holy crap. NFL red zone when there's, you know, a total of 16 games, you can't go to the bathroom. You can't check your phone. You know, at various points I was thinking, all right, yeah, you know, at the next commercial break, I'll, I'll check my phone, fire off a few text messages. You never get that chance. It is seven hours of commercial-free football every single Sunday. And if you're not ready for that, dude, by the end of the noon game, my eyes are glazed over like a honey-baked ham. I could not watch <laughs> Sunday night football because I was just so out of it. Like, we're, we, I had to take a bike ride in between the noon and the afternoon games. And, like, it, you, this will actually come up in the Diaper Dad Diaries, um, a story about that. But holy crap. What, what was your take? What do you think of NFL Red Zone? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely awesome. I, you know, can't recommend Sling enough for getting a great price on that. And because you can have three uh, streams going, you can split it with a buddy. So that's that's super cool. Um yeah, it's just it, there's no other way to say it. It's awesome. I mean, how, how else can you say it? Like they're they're switching back. They're giving you all the action. You've got it all going right there. Um, I, I don't. I mean, it's like it's almost like too awesome that I can't even really like. What else can I say about it? It's like as awesome as it can be. It's maximum awesome. Ten out of ten. You know. Yeah, you almost have to like be prepared. It's almost too awesome. It's almost like twelve out of ten, and your brain can <laughs> only take ten out of ten. So, yeah, like. They should yeah. put like an epilepsy notice warning because 
man, it's intense. It's awesome. I'm sure I'll be better for it next week. I'll be prepared. I'm going to drink like Red Bulls or something, but um, I'll be ready, man. I can't wait for week two. Speaking of which, we've got six games lined up that we are going to talk through. We're going to do the same two-minute drill, starting off with Thursday night football. Tomorrow night, the New York Giants. Oh, the New York Giants. Uh, at the Washington football team. Washington football team is favored by three and a half. Remember, they're dealing with uh, Heineke as their quarterback. The uh, money line, New York Giants plus 150, minus 170. Take back on uh, Washington football team. Over-under set at 40.5. I'll start this one off. And I kind of mentioned it back in, uh, in the, the week one recap. New York Giants, you're officially on notice. I'm taking you on the money line here because it's a Thursday night game, week two, division game. I think anything can happen, plus 150. It's too juicy to take. It's too juicy to pass up. This game could go either way. Um, Joe Judge, Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, I know he's been limited in practice. Um, I, I think that they can get it done. Otherwise, I'm done with these guys, and I'm getting out the Sharpie for the black book. Mad Money Mike, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think, you know, I think with, you know, Fitzmagic going down, you know, that that certainly is like enough of a factor to, you know, to keep Giants at, at plus three, five, the direction I'm leaning. I think if I was going to make a bet on this game, I would actually take the under under 40.5. I think we've got good enough defenses here that we could certainly see a, another, you know, 17, 13, 17, you know, 16, you know, type type score 40.5 is pretty low man that's like that's probably actually i think that's the lowest total of any game uh slated for week two it is so um you know that's kind of begging you to take the over you're looking at that and you're thinking 40.5 like you know 20 24 you know 24 20 or whatever you know it's it's almost begging you to take the over which makes me like the under even more um so that's the direction i'm leaning um is is this despite the triple turtle alert i think that uh with washington trying to find its uh you know footing with uh with the heineken is uh is is enough to to make me lean giants plus 3.5 if i had to pick a a spread um but but more so i like the under yeah given that total it's really uh Vegas is really expecting a really uh, exciting and, and uh, high-scoring Thursday night football game. So <laughs> with that being said, let's move to a game that might actually be interesting. The Las Vegas Raiders headed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers Ooh. are giving five and a half. The money line is plus 215 for the Raiders, minus 265 for the Steelers, and the over-under is set squarely at 47. So, Mad Money Mike, we just had the Raiders coming off an overtime win at home versus the Ravens. Meanwhile, the Steelers had an impressive defensive showing on the road at Buffalo. Five and a half, man. That's a, that's a, a good teaser number. For, the, for those uh, not familiar with teases, you can move the line either way, six points, and uh, you pick two teams, uh, do that two different times, and uh, it's generally like minus 120. So, I'm curious what your thoughts are here, Mad Money Mike. Yeah, for me, this is, uh, you know, this is go ahead, go down to the train station, buy a one-way ticket to pound town. You know, Steelers minus 5.5 is so juicy. I just, uh, man, I mean, I, I suppose like there is, you know, I suppose that we should do our due diligence and really think about this, man. But when I see that line, I'm just like jump on it. Like the Steelers defense is going to give the Raiders fits. You know, we've 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 seen so many games at, at Heinz Field. We know what the atmosphere is going to be like. 
the crowds are going to be amped this year. So, so those, those venues that are known for, you know, raucous crowds, electric atmosphere, just go ahead and like add that as an X factor. You know, everybody's been held out of, of being able to go to their favorite sporting events for so long. We're finally doing full crowds again. People are going to be amped. The house is going to be rocking the Steelers first home game. You know, the first time, you know, we, we can really get a packed house, you know, since all this COVID mess, it's going to be, it's going to be raucous, man, and they are going to take it to the Raiders, you know, big time. I don't see anything on the Raiders' defensive side of the ball that's going to prevent the Steelers from from unleashing, uh, you know, uh, most of their offensive potential. Uh, meanwhile, their defense is going to be ready to lay the lumber in front of that home crowd. Steelers minus 5.5. Just take it to Poundtown, all the way straight to Poundtown, buy a house when you get there. <laughs> you have convinced me we're out of time. All I can say is while you were given that excellent speech, I was scratching out my pick for the Raiders. I thought five and a half is too many points. This game's going to be close, but I've switched teams. I'm on your side, Mad Money Mike. I'm buying a one-way ticket. Let's move on to an NFC matchup. I believe Chargers are NFC, right? No, they're AFC. Check that. AFC. We've got a cross. Yeah, yeah we've got the – anyway – We've got the Inter, Dallas yeah, Cowboys. Interconference, yeah, interconference matchup. Yes, sir. Excellent. I'll, I'm going to catch my tongue here in a second. I do have a note on the Cowboys, though. Demarcus Lawrence, their uh, star defensive end, is out. Apparently he broke his ankle mm-hmm. today or broke something in practice. But anyway, the Cowboys are getting three and a half at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, plus 155 on the money line for the Cowboys, minus 180 for the Chargers. Over-under is 55. So this might be an exciting game. I'll go ahead and start off by kind of echoing what I mentioned in the week one rundown that I think the Cowboys uh, with Dak being fully healthy and like fully capable getting three and a half is just ridiculous. You may hear me uh, talk to that again, but for now I'm going to take them on the money line plus 155. I think that they're they're the better team here. And I think uh, they can only get better uh, as Dak continues to improve. He looked great. And uh, I think that uh, Zeke finds his way. So, What's your thoughts on this game, Mike? Yeah, it's just a fascinating line. I'm sure anybody who's kind of like considers themselves a, a football follower is is probably chomping at the bit to take the Cowboys plus three and a half. You know, they're saying like they almost beat the Bucks, They almost beat the Super Bowl champion. Like the Cowboys look amazing. Like, of course, they're going to like they're probably going to beat the Chargers. Of course, they're going to cover three and a half. Uh, that makes me super nervous. You know, those are all my initial reactions. You know, we watch the game with the Cowboys. We see how good Dak looks. Are you really saying that, you know, losing Demarcus Lawrence is somehow like that, like shifted the tide that like, even though they were about to beat the Super Bowl champions, like now because they lost one defensive end that they somehow can't even beat the Chargers, you know? So I, I find that fascinating. They, I just don't know. It's hard to make sense of it. I don't think the Chargers looked, you know, too special. Um, fascinating over under, like you said, 55 and a half. Vegas is expecting a barn burner. Um I mean, you know, I, I've got to take uh, I've got to take the Cowboys at uh, at plus three and a half, um, just based on what I saw in Week One. Uh, I just don't see any other way to play it. Probably a very low percentage of your stack type bet. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not gonna you know reside in Poundtown with it, but uh, but it looks tasty to me. That's where I'm at. Completely agree. Hey man, sometimes you know. The pitcher throws a strike right down the middle, and you just got to crank it out the park and not think twice. I think this is one of those spots. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move to an AFC division rivalry game. The Buffalo Bills are at the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are 
home underdogs by three and a half points and plus 160 on the money line. The Bills on the money line are minus 190. Over-under seems a little high to me at 47 and a half, and I'll be taking the under here. And, Mad Money Mike, I'm going to let you make the comments around which team will fare better. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, – again, this is like – this just looks like such a spicy number to me. Like it's just, I look at that and I say like, of course the bills are going to cover, you know, you're talking about a a division game. Um, I don't think necessarily like a lot of people would consider them division rivals, but it's a division game. You know, the bills know how to rise to the occasion. Like let's not forget about like how deep, like these guys are making runs into the like postseason. This is a real deal team. This is a championship quality Super Bowl team. And you've got the Dolphins out there still trying to prove themselves, you know, who uh, who barely squeaked by a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't – that's just how I – I just don't know what else to say. It's like a bit – you know, it's just the old classic like proven team that's ready to make a deep run versus a team that's still trying to prove themselves to me. That Like that's the whole story. I love the Bills to cover three and a half. And uh, and I think minus one ninety, while not uh, well, by no means great value, is still value enough to pound that. If you'd like to just take the Bills on the money line, I love them at minus one ninety as well. And uh, and that's where I'm at. Yeah, so I think you know, week one, you gotta you gotta know when to overreact, and you gotta know when not to overreact. And I think that's a, a good choice here, thinking that the Bills, you know, maybe shaking off a little off season rust and. Uh, definitely returning to to their prior form from uh, from last year so i think that makes a lot of sense all right let's move to the new orleans saints at the carolina panthers panthers at home a lot of home dogs panthers at home sam darnold three and a half point underdogs similar money lines as bills dolphins over under at 45 i tell you maybe i'm overreacting right here but uh, give me the saints three and a half no no problem i give you Jameis as long as uh the offensive scheme can keep uh, Jameis, you know, making safe throws and not th- turning the ball over. Saints look great, and I'm happy to ride them. My only concern is that I'm going to be the kiss of death here, so I need to think twice if I actually place the bet in the bet stamp app. But I'll let all of our loyal listeners make some bank on these New Orleans Saints. Bad Money Mike, what you think? Yeah, you know, obviously there's there's things to be concerned about uh, with Jameis, uh, you know, in his past. But, you know, he made an interesting comment uh, in his in his post game. Um, after beating the Packers, he, despite throwing five touchdowns, he said that his best throw of the day was uh, was a throwaway, a ball that he chucked out of bounds. And that I think that he was like speaking to his maturity, you know, because he's obviously been a turnover machine. That's been the knock on him uh, so far. You know, he he was like an early favorite to like lead uh, the league and like passing yards. Everyone knows like what he can do, um, but it's always been the turnovers. And so for him to kind of comment on his maturity. And, uh, and and indicate that, you know, that, that he's kind of making the right decision stuff is, is good news. I don't think that the Panthers are necessarily going to bring a whole bunch of, uh, of pass defense, you know, to, to slow him down. I mean, they let they let, you know, you know, <laughs> for lack of an insult, uh, you know, rookie Zach Wilson uh, put up 258 passing yards on him. Let's not forget that just happened against that Panthers pass defense. So with that being said, I have to agree with you. I like the Saints. Minus three and a half. Take it. All right. Let's close it out with, I think this is Monday Night Football, right? The Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are 11 and a half point favorites. Mad Money Mike. I feel like you kind of 
alluded to this, but you're not buying the Packers in a comeback week two win. No, not a chance, man. Not a chance. Believe me, when I when I set up when I set up shop in uh, in Poundtown with the Steelers, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a uh, I'm gonna build a place out back for the Lions. Uh, this is this is Poundtown all over it, man. Like, I just I just I mean I don't know. You know, one thing that I I want to say that I did tell you uh, was soon as like the Buccaneers situation kind of kicked off is I said. One thing I want to focus on is, you know, live betting. You know, we do a lot of we do a lot of talking about the bets on this show, you know, and obviously they're before the games have been played. And I'm, I've always been an advocate of live betting, so I always like to circle back around to it at least once per pod, and I'm doing that now. I mean, no, you know, we already did that you, Monday night. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just saying, I'll say it again. Hey, oh. Utilize. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, thank you. Thank you for that. That was, that was, I wasn't watching the game. That's the other thing that I will say about live betting is make sure that you're live betting the game that you have been watching. Use your sports knowledge to live bet a game that you're watching, not just come in cold turkey because you've been like, you know, stressed out all day and like you must bet on something even though you haven't been watching it. So I would just encourage you to watch this game and make a live bet. But if I was going to make a bet pregame, which I am, I'm taking the Lions hard. I mean, I just think the Packers are going to continue to struggle to find their footing. Jared Goff, you're talking about a quarterback that's played in the Super Bowl. He, he's He's got a pedigree behind him, and they're going to continue that momentum, you know, from the fourth quarter of uh, of their last game. Love the Lions plus 11 and a half here. Love to see, you know, just love to see such a, a massive line. It, it looks good. You know, people are going to be pounding the Packers, you know, as part of, you know, America's team and thinking that Rodgers is going to bounce back. You know, it doesn't look like a trap to me. It looks like, uh, you know, to be honest with you, like I, I would even, I would even consider dabbling in, in Lions money line plus 410. Uh, something to think about. Ooh. That's how confident, I, that's how confident I am that this is going to be a close one down to the end. 11 and a half is a massive yeah. spread. That's the biggest spread of the whole, the whole week. Or no, that's no, not man. true. Bucks, uh, Bucks, Bucks, Falcons, I think, is uh, up to 12. And so are Browns, Texans. But still, that's close. 12 and a half and 11 and a half. It's, it's up there with the highest spreads of the week, which is just crazy. I'll tell you what I was thinking real quick. We're out of time. But teasing the Lions up to like minus 17 and a half and teasing the Steelers down to a money line, a little minus 120, two-team tease. Come on. Print and yeah. cheddar here. Yes. Print and cheddar. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our pick six week two look ahead. I'll tell you guys, for those uh, that haven't joined yet, I'll probably post the uh, the joining information on Twitter um, with the login information so anybody can still join um, late. They just won't have that buy. So definite advantage if you've joined already. But you can catch the rest of our picks in the Yahoo Pick'em, um, the, the, fantasy, uh, the Pick'em League, Yahoo Fantasy. It's a public-private league. The league info, 11887 is the league ID. Password, all lowercase, lock, L-O-C-K. You can catch the rest of our picks as we uh, fight to try and retake first place from uh, Cheetos Anti-Bets, which is a good segue to our locks of the week. Got a soundbite coming at you. 
I'll tell you what. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar lead. How much? $100? $200. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Right. Well, we'll start with Cheeto's anti-bet. She is taking Thursday Night Football, Washington football team. She's given the three and a half. She's not buying the Giants. That is Cheeto's anti-bet of the week. And my big bet, Brent's lock of the week, Cowboys plus three and a, three and a half at the Chargers. I just can't believe they're giving us three and a half with the Cowboys. I mean, this is going to be a barn burner, and it's going to be a close game going down to the end. I expect the Cowboys to win. But uh, if you're giving me three and a half, I mean, I'm going to take it. I mean, what do you expect me to do? Not take it? No, of course I got to take it. Mad Money Mike, lock of the week. What you got? Love it. Mad Money Mike's lock of the week. The bounce back. The bounce back from the Bucks snafu. Getting it back to one-on-one for lock of the weeks on the season is Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Heinz Field. It's going to be electric. They're going to cover minus 5.5 with the traveling Raiders having to come all the way across this great country, play on the East Coast. They're going to be lagging. It's going to be electric. Steelers' defense is going to be rocking. Steelers minus 5.5, lock of the week. Love it. All right. Yeah, as we mentioned, you know, full transparency. We're uh, not off to the best start with locks of the week, but it's early. Rubber band effect is in full effect. We will bounce back. Those are three locks. Well, those are two locks. And uh, Cheetos anti-bet. I mean, who knows? That's a coin toss. Um, but, yeah, let's move on. Hey, we do have a loyal listener email. Another loyal nice. listener email. This is essentially just becoming like a conversation or like a Q&A with Dad to the Bone because this is a loyal listener email number two from Dad to the Bone. He says, I would like to know your top five Super Bowl contenders for 2021 with a 15-second explainer on why they're ranked where they are. I would also like to know your worst five teams for 2021 with a 15-second explainer on why they're at the bottom of the league. Mad Money Mike, I've got my list here. I'm prepared. You want me to go first or you want to take it? Uh, I can take it if you'd like. I'll, I'll just – all right, so am I going to go – I'm going to go five and five, 15 seconds each. Boom. Okay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one. They are the champs. Tom Brady works harder than anybody in an absolutely stellar defense. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. One word, electric, offensive machine. Never seen anything like it. Looks like the defense is going to be able to hold strong. Number three, Buffalo Bills, proven team. Uh, you know, they're, they've got a big chip on their shoulder. They're ready to do it. Also have a good defense, uh, you know, uh, stellar offense. Um, number four, I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go – with number four, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Again, just like super well coached, highly buttoned up, offensive machine. Defense looks good. And number five, I am gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Believe it or not, in my number five spot, I think. Um, I think if they can stay healthy, I think with what their defense is doing and, and the way that they've kind of galvanized around their coach, that uh, that they bring up my number five spot. You want to do your five before I do my five bottom? Yeah, man, I would, and I I got the same one and two Bucks Chiefs. My number three are the Rams. I love their coaching. I love Matt Stafford. Give me the Rams, number three. Number four, staying in the NFC West, give me the Seahawks. I love what Russell Wilson's doing. I think that uh, they can just keep getting it done. And uh, for those reasons, give me Seahawks four. 
And then five, I hate to put a team that's 0-1 in the top five, but give me the Browns. I think that they put up a great fight, had that punter with the long hair that I thought you were going to make a dig at him. They pretty much, you know, they, they hung toe-to-toe with uh, the electric Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I really like what they're doing. OBJ gets back. Um, they, they, they get better at winning the close ones. Give me the Browns. All right, nice, bottom five. Nice. You want to go? Interesting. You want to go? Like, hmm? I was just gonna say, interesting, uh, interesting picks there, man. I, I like that. Yeah, All take right, it away. Bottom, bottom five. five. Um, okay. Why don't you go from like 27, 28, 29, You know, go that way. So the last one will be the worst team. Okay, last one will be the worst team. Um, so yeah, so then in my in my twenty seven spot or whatever. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, man, there's just so many turds. It's actually really hard. I kind of have like a lump of five. I guess I'll just go, um, I guess I'll go bears. I'll go bears in the, in that number five spots. Um, you know, I, I just think that, uh, with, with so many off season or, you know, off season questions going into the season undecided, Andy Dalton coming out bad, um, and then having to like make a change. And I just, I just think it's too disruptive. Uh, I've got them there, um, in that number, uh, four spot, I'm going to go with the, um, I guess in my number four spot would have to be the, uh, you know, probably the, 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 the Panthers, I guess, um, you know, it's it's kind of it, it's just I think it's just uh, it's not a good spot for them with uh, with Sam Darnold, and then honestly, uh, you know, Falcons, Jaguars, and Jets kind of battle it out. I'll just go ahead and and throw Zach Wilson a bone and put him at the number three spot, um, just because I don't want to try and jinx this bet. So it's like if I put him dead last, that could be a jinx. Um, uh, but you know, rookie quarterback, Jaguars, rookie quarterback, and then Falcons, uh, they're ready to tank and, uh, and rebuild the organization. All right. My, our three, two, one are exactly the same. My four spot, I put the giants and maybe I'm trying to like do a, a an anti jinx, but I'm uh pissed off at the giants when I made this list. And for that reason, they're four. And, uh, Another reason I put them as four is because I have the Texans five, and I didn't want to put a team that has a win in the bottom five, but uh, the Texans just made me do it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I just don't like – I think the Texans – man, I like Tyrod Taylor too. I don't know. If we get this question – who knows? Dad to the bone. You know, Appreciate the emails, man. Keep them coming. Um, yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for the listener emails. I actually did want to just do a very quick – um, last week, Dad to the Bones emails about like how much do you bet. I was actually listening. I don't think that we properly answered that question because when he was saying how much do you bet and then he was saying not money amount, we didn't address percent of stack. I think that's what we meant to get at. Remember in his email last time, he was asking about like how much do you guys bet? And I think that the answer there was like percent of stack was the point that we missed that I never answered. So I wanted to thank him for, his, uh, for another loyal listener email. I just wanted to quickly touch base on that that when you're looking at that question, how much do you bet? You're looking at like percent of stack. So, you know, like lots of bets are going to be just 5% of your stack or 10% of your stack, something like that. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of a good segue to, to the bet stamp app where you can track all of myself and mad money, Mike's bets um, for all of these weeks. You know, we've got a contest going on there. I have set my unit size, which is like my standard bet at 5% of my bankroll and from the internet researching, the tireless researching I have done, a standard unit size is anywhere from 1% to 5%. So 
Mad Money Mike, on the uh, Monday Night Football game this past week, were you at 1% or 5%? I can't disclose that. I was in a bad place, man. I was in a bad place. Elena was uh, Elena was off uh, having a, a getaway weekend, spa treatment down in California for her birthday. I was doing solo daddy daycare for like uh, 48 straight hours, and um, and I was in a bad spot, man. I, I made some irrational decisions. I can't disclose the uh, percent of my stack that I lost, but uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was uh, it was the thing that we warn our loyal listeners against. It was uh, it was a dark moment, and um, let's put it this way: I'm not too far away from deleting the Oregon Lottery scoreboard app. I basically, I have a certain amount that's like set aside for the season, for this season, for the 21-22 season. I have like a certain amount set aside and it's it's not far from being gone. So let's see if I can, you know, be a phoenix and rise from the ashes. Otherwise, I'll let you know when I'm deleting the app. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was, it was higher than 5%. There you go. Oh, man. Hey, I tell you what, I want to give you some props, Mad Money Mike, and not being facetious. You are making some mistakes and getting some learnings and sharing it with our loyal listeners and myself so that we don't have to make those same mistakes. So um, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that, that GoFundMe, I'm telling you, we're going to set it up. And oh, I'm sure we're all going to put so much money just to make sure that you don't delete that app because where are we going to get all the funny stories from? Um, speaking, speaking of which, I do want to uh, do a quick uh, drop for our Twitter account, guys. If you're not following, you need to at It's a Lock Podcast, no apostrophes. Also, yep, for loyal listeners, it's a lock podcast at gmail.com, no uh, apostrophes there either. Anyway, a couple of uh, tweets I just want to highlight. You can check out, I want to give some props to the lines. You can see week two line movements. Some of the big ones were the Bucks opening uh, versus the Falcons, a minus eight that's moved all the way to 11 and a half. The Broncos at the Jaguars opened as three-point favorites, and now the Broncos are all the way up to six-point favorites. So it's kind of interesting to see. It's a good way to kind of gauge and make a judgment on here's how the public, the betting public, is reacting or potentially overreacting, and then you can pick your spots accordingly. So one, uh, just thinking back to this this last podcast, you know, we're not overreacting to the Bills losing versus Steelers. So um, you know, so a good way to kind of put it at the forefront is just to take a look at that you can also take a look on twitter um of course baseball is still going on i think they might be halfway through the season by now i don't really know and i don't really care but they're still coming up with some awesome errors um some hilarious uh some throws and this one a baseball uh baseball got thrown uh got hit to the shortstop and he made a a spectacular jumping throw to first base to get him out but instead the umpire like five feet away he hit him right in the head, just dropped him like a sack of bricks. I mean, this is the major league. Like, this guy is probably making millions of dollars. He cannot throw the ball to first base. So uh, check us out on Twitter to see that one. Also, there, just one last one made me laugh was uh, there's an NBA clip of, like, a, a full-court shot sometime in the past. Just Some dude chucked up a full-court shot at the end of a quarter, and it went, like, way into the stands. And the, and the guy's uh, comment was, this is Derek Carr throwing the football, so um, I got to kick out of that one. So check us out there. Um, Mad Money Mike, you want to talk uh, Diaper Dad Diaries? Yeah, let's do it, man. Why don't you uh, lead us off this week? Okay, I will. So kind of – I mentioned earlier going on some bike rides with Kramer. So want to give a big shout-out. Uh, one of the birthday gifts that I got last month was got my bike fixed up and got the kitty, uh, you know, the, the baby seat attached to the back. 
And so, you know, we evacuated for Hurricane Ida. I've got the brand new bike and the, and the seat attached, sitting at the house. I'm itching. I can't wait to go home and to ride around with Kramer. I know he's going to love it. So we finally get home. I pull out the bike like the next day after we get home. I pull out the bike. It's already all hooked up, right? Like the, the she brought the bike back from the shop. It's got the, the bike. It's got the seat already installed. I take a look at it. It's got like shocks. Like, you know, you like you push it on the back and it's like, man, that seems kind of flimsy. Like, can he just like fall off the back like a recliner leaning back too far? So, like, well, I mean, you know, hey, they put it together at the shop. So I guess that's just how this works. So I hook him up. I get his helmet on, you know, strap him in. We go riding around the neighborhood, have an excellent bike ride. Actually, like a couple of days later, um, you know, taking on bike rides every day, starting to go through some, uh, you know, some some unknown, uncharted territories. Some of these uh, sidewalks are not uh, evenly paved. You know, they got some bumps on them. So, like, we're going up and down some bumps. You know, those shocks are just springing. It's like Kramer's, like, on an amusement park ride. <laughs> so, like, after a couple of days, like, we get home. And uh, one day, Chittam's coming on a bike ride. And, like, she looks at the uh, – she looks, she's like, Hey, is this thing installed correctly? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, didn't they put it together at the shop? And she was like, no, I just bought it there and I installed it here at the house. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and so like, we look at this thing and it is not installed. Right. Like the shocks are not supposed to be like, he is not supposed to be banging around like that. He was hooked onto the bike by the safety strap, which was Velcro. Like, a couple of days we've been going on bike rides, you know, I'm getting more and more, you know, not gutsy, but like, hey, man, like, this is fun. Like, he was banging around back there, held on by a Velcro strap. It's like, oh, my God. That's, uh, I don't know, that, that's all that I have. But it was, uh, you know, pretty, uh, all's well that ends well. But uh, I, I guess I need to ask some more questions next time. Oh, man, that is a great, uh, that's a great new parent story right there, man. That's uh you know, it's like, what can we say? We're rookies out here, man. We're doing our best. That's a that's a spicy one, dude. That's um, that's a good one. That is definitely my, a good one, man. My only hope is that child services has stopped listening by now. <laughs> yeah, can we can we block listeners? Then, all right. Oh, <laughs> what man, you got? That's good stuff. Well, mine is just that. Um, it's just that I kind of mentioned it earlier. A little bit of a you know, threw threw some spoilers in, but my diaper dad diary is just that I did. Uh, did 48 hours actually ended up being more than 48 hours i did like uh 51 hours solo lena took off on uh sunday sometime around like two or i think we left for the airport at one and um and then she got back uh yesterday tuesday at uh at like five so yeah i guess it's like 52 hours of straight uh straight daddy daycare so um, that's it. That's, that's, that's the whole diaper dad diary, but you know, it, uh, it's, it, it can be done. You know, I don't know if you've done, have you done a long stretch, uh, solo with the K-Man? No way, man. Haven't even, I don't think I've done 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's wild, man. It's, it's really wild. It's like, there's no other way to say it. Like, you know, it's, you basically like you're taking vacation from work. Now I did, I did like, you know, jump in a little bit when she was napping, to uh you know to kind of like catch up and keep uh, my finger on the pulse but you know you're just like like everything shut down you know it's just a the 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 one man operation of it you know doing all the meals and the cleanup and then you know doing the nap times and the bottles and you know doing bath time and then bedtime at night it's it's a trip man but it it is it's pretty cool it ends up being a a really special kind of bonding experience and then um you know you kind of 
I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, I should get like a merit badge or something. You know, like I feel proud of myself. So, um, so yeah, man, that's the diaper dad diary, 52 hours solo in the books. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and it buys you big, big time credits for, you know, uh, for Vegas trips. Dude, Vegas trips, NFL Sundays. You could, you could watch NFL Sundays. You probably can clear the slate for like the next five weeks at least. (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely definitely for the next couple of weeks for sure yeah this uh this sunday and oh man bonus coming right off of building up all of this credit then i also have grandma coming into town on friday so this this coming sunday is going to be like just me in a vegetative state watching football uh so yeah definitely glazed uh, over crispy cream oh yeah <laughs> yeah red zone <laughs> red zone zombie you know it Oh, excellent. I was just thinking about it, Mad Man Mike. You did 51 hours. I haven't done 24 hours. I don't even know if I've done two hours. So uh, we're, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get the download from you on uh, tips to, to get it done. That's, uh, that's impressive, man. Uh, any big learnings? Like how, how was it at night? Um, anything interesting? What, what, let's hear it. I mean, it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a daughter-daddy thing, like a girl girl with her dad type thing, but she is like – an absolute just perfect angel for me man it's nuts like obviously elena hates hearing about that but i don't know i mean it's just like i I just like everything has to get put on the back burner you know it's like no no phone checking no nothing you're just like right there with her you know just like whatever her little whatever she's doing you're just like paying attention to her and uh oh lots of snacks there's the tip right there man like whatever the great snacks are like Elena was like, "Oh my God, you went through a whole bag of these." I was like, "Well, shit, yeah, I did." You know, like, you know, <laughs> just like any moment, like if there's any little sign of like something not being perfect, it's like snacks, snacks, one snacks, and boom, got it right back. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. Uh, well, all right. Well, it sounds like we have some talking to do offline about uh, either joint betting adventures or a Vegas trip. But uh, dude, that's great to hear. Glad everything went well. Hey, closing out the episode. Mad Money Mike, what did I miss? How do you want to close this out? Well, um, I don't, uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have anything noted as having been missed. Just another great episode, man. Thanks so much for Dad to the Bone for another uh, loyal listener email. Please, all of our loyal listeners, send them in. Uh, you know, make sure you tweet us at It's Lock Podcast and send us emails at It's Lock Podcast at gmail.com. Can't thank you enough uh, for uh, for another great show, man. Week two NFL, we're pumped. You know, uh, let's keep make sure everyone's keeping a lookout on the uh, the Bet Stamp app, and uh, we'll do what we can to get uh, picks and stuff posted. And we appreciate you, and uh, can't wait to do it again, my man. Excellent. All right, week one recap, week two look ahead in the books. We're in the middle. We're at the beginning. It's best. This is the best. We've got another sixteen games coming up this weekend. Can't wait to watch it. We'll be back same time next week doing another recap. That's going to close us out for this week. It's a lock podcast. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.